Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. I'm Giovanna. I'm Babu. And I'm enunciating, uh, because this week uh, we are doing a special episode, we're doing a This Just In, covering a relatively new entry, emphasis on the relatively new entry, on the bottom 100. This is a movie that was on the bottom 100 when we did our end of year, sort of our, you know, our second year anniversary special last year, that was singled out by one of the guests on this podcast as a movie that he would absolutely love to talk about. So th- this this is a hot new entry. Oh, sorry. It, this was a hot <laughs> new entry. entry about nine months ago. Um, but yeah, we finally got around to it. We're doing a bit of, uh, you know, like last week we did uh, San Joro yes. with, uh, with Chris. So we're kind of, we're doing a little bit of kind of backlog work at the moment. But it is Escape Plan 2 Hades, directed by Stephen C. Miller from 2018. Which yeah, our fans have been asking for it. They really have, actually. Um, the Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what part of that is more surprising. The, that we the, have fans or that they're asking for, for this. For this in particular. Uh, but actually, the reason why we did this is because Babu had like spotted this movie on the bottom 100 last year and was like, you know what? We should all sit down and watch Escape Plan 2, Hades. So, not to get no spoilers now, just to get, warm us up. Was it everything you hoped for, Babu? No. <laughs> <laughs> Might need a bit more from you on that. Okay, let's 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 jump. No, in. I I feel like that's concise. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. That's the point. It's yeah. like when we asked. Him, remember the first one where we were like, "So, what would you remove the first from the list?" La La Land, and I'm done. That's it. That's all I have to add. But yeah, so what was about Escape Plan Two? What did you want from Escape Plan Two before we get into what it didn't deliver on? Because believe Escape Plan Two is actually a sequel, isn't it? <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Because not all of those movies are like Space Odyssey. Two thousand two thousand one. Uh, a Space Odyssey isn't a follow up to one thousand one. A Space Odyssey, for example. No, no, no. But anyway, so what was it about Escape Plan Two that sort of spoke to you that grabbed you? Well, I, I think the first one was very good, and that's why when you told us that the second one was being made. And was going to be available soon, and it hit. Don't the, try to put this on me, Babu. The, the, the <laughs> bottom one hundred. We thought, oh, this might be quite good because I think that um, a lot of these big stars now, who are big in their heyday, um, are now making a lot of films that we don't actually see. Yeah, like Bruce Willis makes an awful lot because I think to myself, wow, I haven't seen Bruce Willis on a the big screen since. Um, a long time then all of a sudden he appears in um, the M. Night Shulaman film and we're thinking wow Ah, he's back but actually he's been making quite a few films that have gone straight to DVD it's funny you should mention that actually because we're living in like the direct DVD sort of A list or you know B plus list actor sort of shared universe at the moment you know those Bruce Willis movies you mentioned that went straight to video including, for example, the movie Extraction, First Kill, and Marauders, uh, which is famously the like the revenge on Wall Street movie that happens to star Christopher Malini, Dave Bautista, 
and Adrian Greener as well, from um, who you may know from uh, Entourage. Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> it was the the um... and actually the director is the same That's it. director. It is. It's Stephen C. Miller. Yeah. It's sort of like become set up a cottage industry in this. The punchline of Entourage was that Adrian Grenier has like a successful career as as as, as a movie actor, and that they want to kind of like put him in Aquaman and that sort of thing. But they've, they've like taken that joke too far. By putting him in other movies, don't you think? I mean, I, I mean, and, and, and I'm sure Adrian Grenier has, has has a very good sense of humor about it. It's like, yeah, I know I'm not an actor. <laughs> I'm not really an actor. I'm not really an actor, but um, I, I have a lot of fun on these movies. Moving back no, to Escape Plan Two, is this the kind of um, director who takes like kind of Steven Seagal to Transnistria <laughs> to film like some sort of a um, kind of a a, a, a a, a, an, an entirely foreign language uh, movie which also has Steven Seagal in it speaking English and then you've got this cross sort of market thing on because you're, you're entirely right like Babu you're yeah, entirely I, right I think basically the director made a few indie films initially and those were sold to various companies um, and then he moved into mainstream films in starring yeah. Bruce, Bruce Willis Bruce or Willis. Sylvester Stallone and Sylvester Stallone so He's these would be he's like mainstream type movies, um, but I think most of them have all gone to DVD straight to DVD. Yeah, because this so, is okay. this is the thing we're talking about. Because I mean, we live in to a certain extent in a post movie star world. A lot has been written about like the death of the idea of the movie star and the idea of how hard it is to open a big movie with movie stars as opposed to concepts like the modern. Hollywood model is based on ideas and intellectual property. And so, you know, like comic books reboot shared universes. Yeah. Whereas movie stars, as they exist in the 90s, like your Bruce Willis's, like your Sylvester Sloan in the 80s, but even like, say, your, you know, Matthew McConaughey's or, or those sort of figures, Matt Damon, if, they don't really exist anymore and can't open movies of themselves. If you're, I think it's... Uh, this happened a couple of years ago when, uh, you know, everybody started to say, well, Tom Cruise hasn't made a hit film since 1995 he's no longer a, a superstar the mission impossible the last mission impossible made more money than any other mission impossible ever did yeah and all of a sudden he was the uh, you know he but was at the, the same name time, on everybody at the same time singing. he couldn't open like um he couldn't open what was it called live die repeat for example or uh, the edge tomorrow. Try try telling that to the Abkhazian warlord who financed <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Like they're all like, "Oh, it's a big movie with um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Dave Batista. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this Titus Welliver. This uh, this is random for an accident. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I think what's happened now is that um, they, they still exist. Movie stars are still big. It's just that I think what's happened is that. The Marvel Universe has come along and everything is comic book. Yeah. You know, then DC wanted to make a similar film. So all of a sudden they created their own universe. And then so like we went to see Spider-Man yesterday and Tom Holland is a great actor, but I'm not sure that he would open a movie on his own. No. But it's just the concept of Spider-Man um, being the, you know, like the, a franchise. the, the yeah. yeah, the product. As such, so I, I do think that movie stars are still relevant because you know Quentin Tarantino still makes movies with yeah. big movie stars. Well, once upon a time in Hollywood, we're going to be talking about yeah. he's weeks probably the star, though. 
And I mean, that's Tarantino. the thing with Christopher Nolan and what? Dunkirk as well, is that he's able to open a movie as well, but very yeah, rarely. Yeah. Um, it's increasingly hard for even people like, say, Tim Burton to open open movies that aren't franchise-related or adjacent. I, I think it's just, it could be that the, the cost of movies is so expensive now. Um, and the, the, I, I think what's happened recently is, say, the, the guy who played Thor. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. He opened uh, Man in Black. In, in oh, it's been a terrible summer and for it, movies. It's, Godzilla uh, as well. It flopped. Yeah. You know, so that, and then... And the reason that flopped was because, like, despite the fact it's an established property, they tried to market it like a 90s thing. The idea was, it wasn't that you love Men in Black, so come see the new Men in Black, because it's all about Men in Black, and you love Men in Black. It was, we have Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, who are in the Marvel movie that you liked. So you might like them if we take these two actors who you liked in this franchise film... Drop them in another franchise it film. Should have been a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, well, I love yeah. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, and, and they worked very well together. A good film, but it it seemed to collapse at the box yeah. office. So then it was ah, well, you know, Chris Hemsworth he hasn't been able to movie open a movie outside of the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. universe yeah. You know, but ironically, um, the guy who should have been in Men in Black, uh, Will Smith, went into Aladdin and. That became a huge hit, but again, that's, 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 that's the Disney see, property. Yeah, you're not right. going to see Will Smith in that, though. Like that's the thing. Like I'm yeah. curious about Gemini Man, which is the one, the Ang Lee movie. Have you heard about Gemini? Man? Yeah, that looks interesting. Not. Gemini Man yeah. is Will Smith is the world's best assassin, and the only person who can kill the world's best assassin is a clone and CGI, a cloned and CGI de-aged version of the world's best assassin, yeah. played by a CGI de-aged Will Smith. Is uh, so Will Smith is old enough now that they have to CGI de-age him in, in order to in, kill himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only way we can replace you is with a younger computer-generated you. Yeah, I, 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 the, the interesting thing now though is that um, so there was an interview with Fifty Cent, uh, Curtis Jackson, who plays um, to his friends. <laughs> yeah. um, so he was saying, well, he was talking about Escape Plan Two. And he was saying it will be interesting to see how it is does at the box office because Escape Plan One or the first one made twenty five million dollars at the American box office, but they made four times as much internationally, and particularly yeah. in China. So it ended up with a, a box office of one hundred and thirty seven million, and that's in part because Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger are huge outside in, of in America. China. You know, yeah. so certain things take a while to kind of. And, and over that, they're like they, they're yeah. like I was saying, they're big stars in but, these kind of territories. Yeah, but then Will Smith was told in an early interview when he met Schwarzenegger, he says, "How do I become a big movie star?" And he goes, "The way you become a big movie star is to be a big movie star outside of America, and you need to go and visit the fans and see the fans and speak to them." And that's how Will Smith became then the biggest movie star in the world. So there is an interesting thing now that. You, you don't necessarily have to be big in America now. You yeah. can be big. Well, China would probably be the biggest market now. Well, I mean, so. Giovanna noticed actually when we were watching the film, the production company working on Escape Plan 2 is. Yeah, exactly. It's so Chinese. No, it's good to see um, something different now that uh, not everything is dominated by American companies and all these. Uh, big uh, uh, like uh, Sony or uh, uh, Searchlight and so on that are dominating everything. I mean, uh, there are even some um, um, 
Chinese produced films uh, that are uh, really good, uh, really successful and uh, it's good to see people uh, that uh, are not uh, just American actors in, uh, in films with, uh, for example, Sylvester Stallone and so on, uh, people that uh, have a, a dominant role, not, uh, not just uh, people in uh, tiny roles and I think the Chinese actor did a good job here, I mean... But I mean, it's it's interesting. Is that, um, as you mentioned, there seems to be a lot of co-productions now that are, are, are kind of with Chinese money by the looks of things. Yeah. So that seems to be. But the interesting thing about this film, Escape Plan Two, it opened in Russia first. I in think. Chechnya. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah, to get too loaded about the politics of the podcast. Uh, but this is a perfect movie to open in in russia <laughs> and in and in chechnya yeah i i think that like this seems i i have theories about like who this movie is for, for yes uh well, um, let me... <laughs> and yeah anyway sorry i i suppose I, I, maybe i won't reveal that till later <laughs> but i but i will say that what you've said babu doesn't doesn't surprise me or doesn't that, discount yeah that, yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's... The most interesting thing about this movie is... I, uh, which I don't, I don't feel like we've, we've really got into, but is how bad it is. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I had seen this movie before, by the way, just you to are. be absolutely clear. Yeah. Yeah, why do you think it took us so long to do this? I kept pushing this. I kept kicking this can down the road. I saw this when it was initially released. I got a review copy of it, a screener of it. What? And, and I decided, like, I saw it, I reviewed it, and it was, like, down the road as far as I got. And Babu's like, I really like to watch Escape Plan 2. And I'm like, Babu, it's terrible. He's like, I would really like to watch Escape Plan well, 2. Well, I liked Escape uh, Plan 1. Yeah. So. And, like, even even this morning, we, like, the, we're recording this now because we had a bit of a scheduling kind of gap. Yeah. And Babu texted me out of the blue and was like, can we watch Escape Plan 2? And it was like, okay, we're watching Escape Plan 2. It's... I didn't realise how bad it was. <laughs> uh, I, Darren I, doesn't communicate these things clearly enough. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because I think that, I mean, the last big film that we saw him in was Creed. Creed 2, rather. Yes. And that was a big, you know, that was part of... And what he was doing there was handing over the franchise to the next generation. That's, yeah, I don't think yeah. he's going to be in the next... Like, and he's doing another Rambo as well. He is, yeah. Last Blood. Yeah. So Last he's now Blood. 73 yeah. when this film was made, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's 73 now. But he's still in relatively good shape. You know, I mean, and you know, not pit- to put too many spoilers in the film, but he, he's beaten up men like a third his age, maybe even a quarter his age. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't look... Um, you know, doesn't look bad doing it. I don't. He doesn't look. You know, he's always looked a bit stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. But like, I, I think himself he... and Schwarzenegger. Well, it's because yeah. the muscle. So ah, exactly. Yeah. They cannot move. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like having one of those opposable action figures from the nineties or eighties, uh, where the the arm is so large that it can only move a, a certain, certain way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. I I wonder because when we see this film and the listeners will see this film, they will realize. <laughs> How small <laughs> the budget must have been, because it is minuscule. So this is what I yeah. Uh, because, uh, it's just in, <laughs> it's in interiors and it's just in one place. In one place that looks really cheap and so. uh, with generous tax breaks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that too. But I, I think that that's that's how because Atlanta and, and it must be the 
it must be interesting how much money he he's getting paid now because I can't imagine the budget to be to be particularly big, you know. Because the only thing that you see on this film are computer graphics or yes. screens, really high high tech screens. But other than that, the rest of it is just it looks really his, cheap. Yeah. So it's I hope he like, got paid lots. I think if this. you if you see how many do I? actual scenes he's in. Not too long. many, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's only on screen yeah. for fifteen minutes of the total runtime. Right, a, there's a lot of him uh, cut with like other scenes running like concurrently. Yeah, and there's a lot of voiceover from him as yeah, well, like is. the increase of his presence within the film. It was famously shot within twenty hey. days. Oh wow! Hey, who was this? Is this for like a video game or something? <laughs> That's in I the movie. How, I love how he's the Italian Rodney Dangerfield. Um, <laughs> well, he he. he, he while he, this was being filmed, I think, didn't he? He's written Escape Plan 3 and yeah. it's already out, apparently. Yeah, Escape Plan 3 so. is being released. That's one of the reasons we're sort of releasing June this as well. 27th? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, so well, he had a... Hip and with it. I mean, he, uh, hopefully the third one had a bigger budget. Have you not... Okay, so Stallone has described Escape Plan 2 as the worst film that he has ever been in. And this is Stallone who's been quite candid about things like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. In fact, you know the famous yeah. story about, oh, Stil- about yes. Schwarzenegger yeah, and yeah, Stop or My Mom yeah. Will Shoot. Where Schwarzenegger uh, famously read Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, determined this... Oh no, it was Cobra. Red Cobra. Determined Cobra was so awful that there was no way in hell he should have his brand associated with it. But thought it would be a hilarious prank if he spread word around Hollywood that he was looking at this new script called Cobra and just about ready to sign. So Stallone sneaks in, not reading the script in, and tries to steal it out from under him and ends up starring in one of the most awful 80s action movies. Because yeah. was it that he was going to do uh, Beverly Hills Cop? I think, yeah. And yeah. he chose Cobra instead because of that. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of hilarious. I love the level of Beverly Hills progression. Cop would have been a very different movie. <laughs> it would have been so- like Tango and Cash without... Without cash, cash? <laughs> yeah. whichever one was Kurt Russell, and without Jack Palance as well. Yeah. Um, um, oh no, sorry. Was it was it Jack Palance or Robert Loggia? It was Jack I think, Palance. I think it was Jack Palance yeah. in the prison. But uh, okay, so we're going to jump into talk about the film in a bit more depth in a moment. But three questions to get us all started. We'll start with Giovanna. Yes. So Giovanna. is Escape Plan. Do you think Escape Plan Two belongs on the list of one of the worst one hundred movies? ever made uh, yes I think so it was a bit boring it was uh, uh, I, uh, I mean okay I mean um, uh, it's so bad she's to... stuck for words <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to escape from this thing and so on and uh, okay and they made a, an effort to do that but uh, the the film wasn't very engaging I mean Giovanna uh, struggling first... a bit to say anything because she was falling asleep part way through and I had to nudge her <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Just so we're clear, this is all Babu's fault. No. Any judgment no. on this table falls directly on Babu. Babu, what about yourself? Do you uh, think that this belongs on the list of the worst 100 films ever made? You see, the thing is, it's very difficult to say it's one of the worst 100 movies because there's a lot of movies made. So, And we've seen some poor films, even films like The Tree of Life, um, which is, you know, I threatened to to get the four I can four loan you the director's cut if you want. Yeah. Cut, yeah, yeah, that would be great. And... Uh, Along with what was the other one with um, there was another terrible movie as well with uh, what was his name again now um, the guy that was in that two thousand forty nine oh Ryan Gosling Ryan Gosling yeah so he made a film with the, the guy who did Drive 
Oh, and he does winding graphene. Only God forgives. I love Only God forgives. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. So, no, uh, I didn't like it either. So uh, only slightly less neon than this film. Yeah, so I think it's difficult to say, you know, because there are, but it, it is quite, it is terrible, you know, by all, all accounts. It's, it's, yeah, but the the budget was tiny, you know. And Don't make a, excuses for us. He, he may have, he may have probably done two days of shooting. Out yeah, of 20 out of the film. twenty that they took. To yeah, shoot. because there's an awful lot of voiceover. So, I I think it's. I wonder if the Chinese character, who seems to be dominating the film, and that's maybe the reason for the Chinese movie. Because yeah. the what I found recently is that a lot of films that are backed by, you know, kind of Chinese money, yeah, tends to feature. Um, Chinese characters in Chinese major characters. supporting roles. Of yeah, exactly. What? Which wasn't always the case in, in the past. Well, this is this um, is the interesting thing. Because again, you, you mentioned that Escape Plan, the original one, made more money in China than it did in the US, to pick an example. Four times, but apparently. Even to, this... Uh, overseas, anyway. ...made a total of $16 million at the worldwide box office. $13 million of which came from China, um, to pick an example. I think it's because it wasn't really released in the US, I don't think. Yeah, it was dumped quietly on video on demand. Yeah, um, so yeah. I don't think it, it didn't get a... a and at the time, I was I wondered why, because... It, so I skipped Plan <laughs> 2, it made, so, it made so much money. The first one made a load of money. Yeah. Why, didn't it, why didn't the second one? But obviously, we can see why now, having watched it. So It's, um, it's kind of insulting to the Chinese uh, market, kind of that they create these movies specifically for the Chinese market. And then the, like, the Chinese cinemas can't just not show it because yeah. that's a gift for them. Yeah. Well, it's the only polite thing to do is, 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 is to put it off. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not made exclusively for the Chinese market. No, no, but it is like, I wonder it's cynical. It, oh, yeah, it's incredibly cynical. Like the, the thing is, it's made for international and Chinese audiences, yeah. right? So the idea is that like, Chinese uh, Chinese culture is extremely protective. Um, it's extremely sort of protective, particularly with regards to international cinema and the release of films from abroad. We talked recently when we talked about Toy Story Four, where yeah. they'd only just released uh, My Neighbor, no Spirited Away, Spirited Away. Uh, in yeah. Chinese cinemas. You know, over a decade after its original release in Japan, because they've been so protective of the industry. But like with what you see with international films now, as you see them increasingly and cynically including material so that the film can be released in China. Iron Man 3, to pick an example, famously had an alternate cut for China, oh. in which a major supporting character who has three lines in the English version of the film is a Chinese doctor who removes the shrapnel from Tony Stark's heart and gives him an earnest and important lecture on the dangers of a hedonistic American lifestyle and the importance of transcending that in order to work together as part of a collective. I feel this may be a theme we'll come back to in this film. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I, I hear what you're saying. But, uh, um, <laughs> but also... Um, I feel like... Uh, what it, was Tony Stark's reaction to that? Tony Stark's reaction in the Chinese cut was to take it on board and to accept that he needed to change and grow. That was completely cut from the American version of the film. But even things like, to pick an example, um, Pacific Rim which was the giant mech suit warriors versus monsters movie, yeah. which I really liked, but didn't do very much business in the US and in Europe, was gigantic in China. So you get a sequel, and the sequel is much heavier in terms of featuring Chinese characters and locations. Things like Transformers 4, uh, and I think we talked about this in the podcast before, uh, to bring it back to Titus Welly for oh. starring movies, where like Transformers 4 has an entire subplot on Hong Kong, 
And like the entire China, the entire Transformers franchise is about being suspicious of the American government and how corrupt it is. Now they're all out to get We're you. We're playing the hits here. Yeah. Whereas Hong Kong, the, the Transformers Four Hong Kong sequence is all about how great the Chinese government <laughs> is and how efficient they are at dealing with this gigantic robotic menace. Um, and how efficient they are but even things like The Great Wall for example which yeah, stars Matt Damon yeah. that's, this is the point where I say oh yeah World of Warcraft that did really well, well in China, that's a fair point uh, but yeah so like that's that's the cynicism at work there but, but uh, I do think though having said that I think all of the, the films that you've mentioned were huge budgets this one didn't have a huge budget so I wonder whether it actually even got released in you know uh, on it, uh, main mainstream cinemas in China because it is a tiny budget, and yeah. I, I do think because was it ten million something like that, and or I, I read somewhere that it it couldn't have been very much. It couldn't have been because. Shall we go to the fact machine and check? You can do, but my I, bet is that it's more. I feel like no, this is an expensive. No. Well, I don't think it, it was because it couldn't have been because the first one was only I think twenty five million or something like that, but, and that made a lot of money. And we're back from the fact machine. Um, Andrew's correct. Budget is twenty million US dollars. Twenty million. Yes. <laughs> In your face, Rebu, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so budget of twenty million US dollars for a Wow, Skate that's amazing. Um, only took back sixteen point seven million. Yeah. Uh, in terms of box office, but they ma- they're making a third one anyway, and they've released a third one anyway. There uh, must be a reason behind that. But so. Andrew, sorry to ask you, do you think that this belongs on a list of the worst one hundred movies ever made? Presumably, the sixteen million is just what they made at the box office. Yeah, video on demand. Maybe they yeah, made other um, amount from like having was it Beats headphones in it? Yeah, there was like a um, there was a advertisement for like um, what's her name, um, Arena Menzel. Yes, I noticed that as Dave Batista was walking. It wasn't that, that clear? Was- they could have shot that a bit better to make us like uh, Want download to her stuff on iTunes yeah. or whatever they're trying. Dave to Dave Batista wandering down Atlanta in his sunglasses, checking out an Indina Menzel uh, yeah. sort of show. Yeah, I, I think that, um, and, and not to mention the Hawaii unofficial kind of like well, shelling that the film does where it's like hey there was a lot of Apple AirPods as well like yeah, that was a big that. part of Batista's um, character like they were taking money from everyone yeah, yeah. well that's uh, they finance a lot of the movies now so and I, I think it would be um, yeah there's several different channels now that they they can make a film um, the, the budget back from and and often the interesting thing as well is sometimes when you look at a a film's credits you can see all the number of different if it has a lot of production companies yeah that means that they struggled to find the budget from one individual yeah uh, and so they got financing from several different companies and then sometimes what you might have as well is that television companies put in money with the view of when the film's released um, airing it or getting an exclusive on yeah it exactly so that's often a, huh. but know. Andrew sorry to, to jump back to the question uh, do you think that this belongs on a list of the worst 100 movies ever made yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, um, absolutely the, 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 um, I've been trying to think about kind of bad movies and there was a movie I saw recently that I don't think is on the bottom 100, 100 was the uh, Fantastic Four not the Ooh. one with Johan Gruffudd Oh, okay, the, the one with the Miles, one with Miles Teller. Teller. I think you mean Fantforstic. It was terrible. It was, yes. Yeah, it was, and they, like even down like from start to finish, and the whole kind of like putting the name of the movie <laughs> in as well. Oh, 
It's fantastic. And it's like, you can't, you don't earn, <laughs> you haven't earned this. Uh, go away. But this movie is kind of similar in a way in that it's, it's a movie for, um, for dicks and assholes. Um, oh, okay. And this is who it's for. Yeah. This is who the movie's for. All right. Let's, let's. Do you want to jump into the spoiler? Or do you want to jump into it now? No, no. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's just it's just a film. That I, I'll I'll, probably, I'll say on the other side why I think it is. I, I think it's just one of those films that he's cashing in on the success of the first one, and then um, it's it's going to be like the late night, a pint and popcorn, Saturday night maybe after is the it? for a certain sort. Of- like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, 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 yes, yes. I would put it, say that it's one of the one hundred worst movies um, ever made. Ever made, possibly. <laughs> and Giovanna, would this be on your own list of the worst one hundred films you have ever seen? Like, so if you like, had a list of the one hundred films you hated most, how, would this be on there? How do we how do we define this? Is this like an exclusion list where where you can name one hundred movies that you can't that that that, that you can never be shown again? Um, <laughs> no, I mean it's not like I hated it. It's just uh, that um, I found it uh, boring and uh, not mm. uh, not engaging. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hate it. I would just um, uh, not see it again, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and hopefully the the next one will be better. Wait, are you are you gonna watch the next one? I feel uh, yes. that we, we have to yes. now. after. Okay, well, not to get too spoilery, but okay, all right, cool. Um, it's a, but I I think it's one of those. I have a feeling we'll be sitting here in a couple of months, going, Babu, remember this is your fault again. But it, it's 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 amazing. Like he he's done the kind of. He seems to go in threes now, doesn't he? He's got like he did the Expendables, which was a three. Yeah, three Expendables, and now there's three of these that he'd already plotted out. Yeah. Oh yeah, there'll be three of, of of these, but obviously these are kind of small budget films that weren't made. Like Creed yeah. is a bit bigger. Obviously, yeah. that's probably going to have a, a larger budget, and it's it's going to do well. And worldwide. a bigger sort of theatrical yeah. cultural presence and stuff. Exactly. So I think this one is just one of these smaller side project type yeah. kind of things. This is the remodel, the extension. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I think that the interesting thing now is that the lifestyle uh, or the lifespan of a movie star is now increasing because, you know, the, the new thing was recently when everybody was laughing at uh, at uh, Adam Sandler. His Netflix deal. Yeah, a couple of years ago where he had a four-picture deal, I think, and yeah. then it got extended for another four-picture yeah. deal. Now they're thinking, wow, he's amazing because I think, when all the summer blockbusters were out, he had a murder mystery out on yes, Netflix. Uh, with and on the Friday night, apparently, and over the weekend, theoretically, more people went to watch that. Than the movie that was number one at the box office. Than the number one at yeah. the box office. So he's kind of like... So oh, he's happy in Netflix. Right? Yeah, I think it, that's the thing. So maybe these, these kind of... Um, these type of deals now, because I know Will Smith did the same with Bright. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Aniston again with with Adam Sandler, yeah. and, and I mean, there's the, the Rock, the one from the Rock that's coming up next as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think and Bird Box with uh, yes. Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock, which was their this biggest. Probably do well on Netflix. So what this? I mean, this because is the I feel I like if I saw this and it was kind of like um, saw like Dave Batista. And Sylvester um, Stallone. I'd give it a go. No, actually, no. I, I don't think it would. Yeah. I wouldn't actually. No. But I'm I think. Saying, <laughs> but maybe troll Jason Statham into that movie. I think it's and, too. But big I've big seen big. some bad Jason Statham movies as well. Though. But I think that um, it's interesting now because 
Statham, oh, well, he's a lot younger now, but he's in, like, the spin-off of The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Andrew's really excited about this. And and a lot of people are, because apparently it looks like a huge budget, you know, and it looks like it's going to... And the interesting thing is that one of the first really big films that, you know, that Jason Statham, was The Expendables, that kind of... You know, I know he did the transporters and he did a lot of other films. Crank, but this this put him into the the kind of you know action gang because those films had a lot of eighties characters in it. So, and I think that did a lot to raise his profile. You know, and now he's in one of the biggest films. So it'd be interesting to see what his paycheck is now. You know, I suppose um, Lockstock and Snatch were the ones that kind of introduced him to all of the sort of um, directors. Because any, anyone kind of interested in who this guy Richie uh, guy was and this kind of phenomenon yeah. and it kind of breaking through would have picked up probably on Statham. Jason Statham there. Yeah. yeah, but I think that he then went on to do the Luke Besson kind of films with the transporter. Yeah. And that made him into the action hero, which is his kind of forte because... He doesn't do too many films outside of the action hero. Yeah, um, I, I love him in Spy. Genre. Oh, it's amazing. He's amazing. That was he was very good in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is it? I took a piano at it. <laughs> <laughs> As an adult. As an adult, that's very hard to do. But uh, Babu, would this be on your own list of like your most hated one hundred movies? No, I, I think we've. I don't think it would. I I just think that it's a terrible movie and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so it's no tree of life. No tree of life. And that's the answer to the third question. If um, people are thinking about watching this don't movie... Do don't, don't, do don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Giovanna, if people are thinking about watching this movie? No, maybe watch the first one. The first one was a lot better, but uh, these yeah, one, no. it's not really worth... And then if it you're a completionist... Hit. Yeah, because I mean, you got to have the set. I mean, three is going to be out, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think Count we, momentum we want to see whether the third one will be any better now because or, the second one was. You know, Stallone has said on social media, like his brand, like his for the third escape plan, his strategy seems to be, "I'm sorry about the second one, but hey, the third one's going to be okay." Yeah, which is, an, which is a nice reassuring. <laughs> Um, as opposed to what are you talking about? The second one's a masterpiece. This will be a masterpiece too. But anyway, we're going to segue neatly into the spoiler zone. Okie dokie. Spoiler zone. So, Babu. Yes. What is Escape Plan 2, Hades, about for you? Is that what it's called? Uh, internationally, it's known as Escape Plan 2, Hades, yes. Is there a colon? Yes. And Escape... what is it about for you, Babu? Um, but uh, Escape Plan 3 is Escape Plan 3, The Extractors. That's terrible. Well, I mean, it, I think if you're very fond of the third one, though, you'd be an Extractor fan. Anyway, Babu. <laughs> very good. Right. <laughs> um... What's it about? Well, it's similar to the... Well, it's got a prison. Yeah. And they're trying to escape from it. And they have a plan. But that's about it. And there's a plan. Uh, But that's about it, really. I don't think it's... I I think that it is a film that he wrote. But if you notice... His name... I didn't see his name on the credits. No. Stallone. No, it's the it's the writer of the original film, actually, who wrote it, apparently. Right, okay. Um, although, and it's very, very strange because... Stallone very... tends to put his name on everything, even if he uh, No, no, he doesn't. Write he doesn't. He doesn't. No, I mean, he, he used to. He, used to thing... ha- he got a writing credit for, like, Cobra and all of these sorts of... Oh, right. Yeah, this know. one's is by Miles Chapman. Yeah. Uh, who wrote the original as well. 
Because what I'm saying is that this, usually with these kind of things, he would have some kind of producer credit, which he doesn't seem to have a, a, an executive producer credit or anything like that. But it's his name that sells it. Yet yeah, he's not really in the second one. Well, he gets he, it's his name above the title card, and same with Dave Bautista as well. And you can tell watching it that the the way it was the way it was done is the way that a lot of these films are done, where you sign on a big name actor, yeah, and you have them on set for about two days. And the way the film is structured is such that you only need like those two days with them. Yeah. So you'll notice that like Batista, and this is why cell phones are great inventions for movie plotting, because they allow you to have scenes where characters interact with one another without ever having to be in the physical space. Yeah. Because you have like Batista calling up 50 Cent or 50 Cent and sort of having a conversation with him that they just shot on B-roll while he was wandering around Atlanta, you know, right, okay. that sort of stuff. But even things like he has one, he has two interactions with Stallone over the course of the film, but most of Batista's plot is completely surprising. It's just random scenes of him wandering around Atlanta asking questions about things and occasionally beating up and shooting people. Yeah. So if you don't think Dave Bautista's role is important, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> say, hey, it's Dave Bautista for five minutes. Okay, movie over. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's quite literally the movie is stalling until it gets Bautista into the prison and then it ends. But even the same thing with um, Salone's character himself, Breslin. Yeah. Um, whose primary function is like he was the lead in escape plan. He was the guy who was taken into the prison and had to break out. Here, he does end up in the prison because he has to because it's an escape plan movie. It's a movie but about hubris, isn't it? <laughs> is that what it's about? Is it? Well, I I written down like it it's it's kind of messy in terms of theme because it's not well written. No. So there's a lot of kind of things that it's kind of throwing throwing out and not really kind of sticking and a lot of narrative dead ends as well like there's a lot of sequences where like i think luke is kidnapped and he's like hey that guy you gave me the details you gave me in that previous scene i followed them up it was so important that it happened off camera i'm now in a car chase gotta go i'm Bye. trapped yeah ah. um, um but it, there, there is like i'll just give it a, a, i'll just count i'll just talk very slowly for about but 10 loudly. 15 20 seconds so those of you who are listening to this can look up on google what hubris means <laughs> just to let you know but andrew andrew will explain the concept of hubris for our listeners yeah it's it's there there's there's a character in the movie um he, he, kimball kimbro yeah. is that what we're calling him kimbro yeah where where his plan is to um prove how how like not only to get revenge, but to also prove how great his algorithm, his algorithm, and his prison is. Um, the is it the zoo? Or yeah. Is, or, 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 no, it's, it's or, Hades. But or is it Hades? It's Hades. Or is but it it's Galileo? Also, <laughs> Galileo is the computer system that operates Hades. The zoo is, I think, where the inmates Part are kept the, in. But, and it's but, a very weird kind of an idea as well of what a zoo is, because yeah. it's like we bring people in here to kick the shit out of each other. That's why we call it the zoo. It's like, have you been to a zoo? Yeah. There's a what, what, are, what are zoos like? <laughs> Where um, you're from. Yeah, yeah. In Atlanta, apparently, <laughs> because of those sweet, sweet tax breaks. Yeah, yeah. they go home at night and um, live in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> um, Titus Wellever's character and Kimball, apparently. That's the thing. Is oh, that like... I thought that was Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Billy Joel with like the knives. Yeah. Well, and that's... it's like, they call me the piano man. I mean, the zookeeper. <laughs> the zookeeper. Sorry. But I mean, like, yeah, the, the movie's metaphors are incredibly 
like mum like messed up and sort oh, of yeah. jumbled. Like they the, have this thing about like information is money as well that they don't really kind of. But the movie isn't about that, that but they like put it into like a dialogue a, repeatedly a monologue so to make it, it seem like it's important well that's the thing where i think that the money being important thing like i i think this is a very chinese film to a certain extent i will admit i haven't watched too much chinese blockbuster cinema i've only seen like is it uh lone wolf 2 is that the one where it's called with frank grillo as big daddy the capitalist american villain uh but also china salesman uh, which famously stars Steven Seagal and uh, Mike Tyson as well in this movie about China. And again, there's a lot of these recurring themes that come up about how evil capitalism is in an almost cartoonish and offhanded fashion. So like China Salesman is about a Chinese telecom company trying to bring telecommunications to Africa. And they're competing against sleazy Western capitalists who have like goatees and their hair slicked back. And China just really wants to help Africa. And it wants to prevent the exploitation of it by the Western powers who are responsible for slavery. Well, they're kind of belts and bridges. Yeah. That, <laughs> or something. There is there is that sort of scheme as well. But yeah. And even things like here, to pick an example, right? And, and I saw this in China Salesman as well. After the Hawaii sort of scandal broke a couple of years ago, and it's, it's still ongoing, the, you know, the Chinese telecom network where it was revealed that there were back doors and they were listening and they were reporting conversations that were being held on these Jim's devices. brother worked for them. That's it, exactly, yeah. Because um, obviously the US diplomatic service prevented people from using these Chinese brand cell phones because they were deemed unsafe because they could be hacked into and people were listening to them. And it was sending all that information back to China, apparently. And there's all sorts of like arrests going on at the moment, investigations and stuff. It's very similar to what happened with Japanese technology in the early nineties. It's this anxiety there around that, but you can tell watching these movies from Chinese backers with Western stars, that a large part of the push is convincing American audiences that Chinese cell phone manufacturers are pretty cool and on the level. So <laughs> yeah. like that, it's like, for example, it's like, like I, I, I came up with this, with this evil programming, but the, 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 um, the important thing is to keep it from <laughs> getting into the wrong hands. <laughs> and the wrong hands are Americans. Created. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because even then like China salesman has this plot point about how the Chinese telecommunication network can be hacked. And there's a moment where they've kidnapped the Chinese guy who's trying to install it. And he's like, I can't hack into it, even if I wanted to. It's so secure. Uh, but even here, you have like <laughs> the idea that they're, they've kidnapped the, the evil Western capitalists. The, was it uh, a tech business, uh, tech giant based out of Geneva, but apparently operating a secret prison in Atlanta, mm-hmm. has kidnapped this sort of Chinese tech entrepreneur character, dropped him in a prison in order to get access to this was it what they call it skeleton key computer skeleton key oh um, yeah that yeah. will allow him to get in back there these are the guy the um the guys who are legion yeah the um ah, yeah. the zombies the Icelandic <laughs> guys <laughs> who didn't really mean to because it's a movie for dicks like yeah. these guys who are helping they're like hey Cuba uh, get out of my way shut up yeah um, it's like we are yeah. legion it's like yeah, yeah. whatever yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. The, the, this is like I love Sylvester Sloan as Italian Rodney Dangerfield the dialogue in this movie it's just constantly kind of like shut up god damn it what the hell what happened piss off kind of it's it's really obnoxious it's all really kind of like um after i put my fist in your face i'm gonna crucify you i'm gonna crucify you it's the kid at the end that really sells (laughs) it um yeah. Or the moment where like Shu is fighting with uh, Titus Welliver. And again, this is one of those bad movie moments where like this movie kind of punches above its weight in some respects with talent. Titus Welliver is the warden. 
Um, and he's famous. He's in Bosch on um, Amazon at the moment. Okay. But he's generally a very good actor. He's he's worked with Ben Affleck a lot on, say, The Town and Argo and stuff like that. Yeah. Here he plays the zookeeper. And there's a moment where Shu is fighting him and it's a knife fight. And you can tell the actor who plays Shu is like very good at like this sort of combat sequences. He's yeah. very good at he's done training. He knows martial arts and stuff like that. And you can tell Titus Wellever is a, you know, 50 year old American actor who like is giving the best that he can. <laughs> but he's the, doing great. He's doing great. But the only way to actually make this seem like a fair fight is by frantically cutting it. Yeah. But the really annoying bit is at the end of the fight when Shu grabs the knife and he says, I am the zookeeper now and stabs him. Yeah. And it's like, what, the, what like, does that mean? What the, mo- the moment when Batista arrives to kind of save the day with his dead eyes killing everybody. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he turns... Slow motion footage of bullets raining down and hitting the ground. Yeah. And you look at his face. There's like no feeling whatsoever <laughs> in them. He is... He, he, and, and, and the whole point is that like kind of intuition is important, not machines. But these are the kind of like people Unstoppable that they're giving us examples of like they may as well be machines. But, but I, I think that the interesting thing about the political statements, I think most of that will just wash over the heads of most of the people who are watching this kind of film because it never even well, occurred to me, to be honest with you. N- nothing um, in this movie is going to get across to well, anybody this, because, <laughs> they don't, because it's not kind of like structured in such a way yeah. that it would, it, like they, they kind of... They sort of well, this is the one things. where the zookeeper is talking about Shu's cousin and he's like, he could have helped a lot of people but he went for himself instead and now his love of money, his patent, is going to get you killed. And Kimball has the little speech where he's like, see... Everyone in this zoo is worth money to me. They all have information that someone out there thinks is worth millions of dollars, especially your cousin Yu Xing. And there's this recurring motif. Oh, there's this big concern about private black box sites. They very they <laughs> repeatedly emphasize big profit, big profit. You don't lobby for tech. You lobby for backside, black site profit. And it's very much like, in case you don't get the bad guys in this movie, are American capitalists. No, but every, everyone in this movie is a bad guy. Yeah. Like when, when Batista comes in, after killing those guys, Jesse is like, um, uh, oh, like it's about time you got here or something like that. And D- Dave Batista says, nice PJs. Where's your fucking teddy bear? Um, yeah. Like, there's just a jerk. Yeah, there's a moment later where the, the is it what's is it Galileo is starting to wake up and your man shoots it in the face. Yeah. And he says, Guess that makes us even. And it's like, would that bot have done anything? <laughs> it really just seemed like a light was turning on and you shot yeah. it. He says, um uh uh Thanks Luke and Luke is like, Yeah. <laughs> he said this is line. Yeah. <laughs> through through the, the, the delivery. As well, uh, of, of, of the lines in this movie. And it's not just... I think they shot it in 20 days and they yes. realised that they're not gonna, it's not going to be Shakespeare. So I think they just quickly wrapped it as quickly as, as but possible. But I mean, there are ways to do good ba- good action movies that are like enjoyable, like the Wick movies, for example. But even, even things yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, that, those are the huge budgets, so, uh, exactly. you know, in all honesty. And they were planned out, you know, effectively. There, yeah. There's like these scenes of exposition where you have the... Yeah. Like, I'm going to name the, the somebody... Um, act- J- Jamie King, she's kind of... She comes into a Who's scene... Who's replacing and, Amy Ryan, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And she's walking and she's like, so I checked it out and I blah, blah, blah. And blah, 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 blah. It's, it's so... Explaining. Or the moment where Shu is, is like chained down in a chair and Titus Wellever's zookeeper is like, 
You grew up together, like brothers. But you weren't brothers. A family tragedy forced you to live together. And it's like, what? Like, how is that an introduction? Like, he, you, he knows this already because he lived it. Why are you repeating this? It's- and the, the, he's, he's a, uh, he's a prick, like, consistently to, to, to his brother. Like, all the time. Oh, to his cousin, yeah, to Yang. To his cousin, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, 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 Man up and accept the torture. Yeah, yeah, the, the, and the, the 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 whole time it's 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 kind of like oh you wouldn't really know anything about that would you? Yeah. Like um, yeah, it's 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 so it's just so mean spirited was the the problem I had with it. And there's a weird fair enough. yeah, there's a weird sort of like you can tell that the people responsible have watched like Batman movies and have sort of like decided that's what they're doing. So you have like for example when. Uh, Shu is like unconscious when again, again another dead end plot point because the movie's full of all these like narrative dead ends that like you should have pruned in script stage it's full of all this like superfluous information that has no bearing whatsoever where he like gets sent to the the infirmary in order to determine if he could get some help from the medical staff well and they it's do like, end up going to the infirmary later on yeah but it turns out to be a robot but he gets beaten and he gets anesthetized and then he has the flashback which is a Batman style <laughs> flashback of his parents getting like shot and murdered in front of him as a child during the future technology where they're star tracking his um, they like cut yeah on, <laughs> on his on, head on his forehead yeah. but also in Atlanta in the present day apparently uh, but even things like for example Kimball again this weird stuff where Kimball has monologues because the script tells that this is where you put a villain monologue but hasn't figured out how to tie anything that the villain is saying into what the movie's actually about. So, like, he has... Kimball has this weird speech about how his prison, like, which, by the way, is built as a system and an algorithm and so should be incredibly inhuman and, like, as a thematic point, should be cold, sterile and have no room for, like, compassion... But instead, he talks about how this oh, place yeah. this place is designed to give you hope. You win a battle, you get benefits. Read a book, make art. You lose a battle, then you lose food. Start to doubt yourself. Then you set goals, you rise again. All the drama of the human condition is represented right here in my zoo. And it's it's like, that's not... That's what not the point. Of, yeah, what, yeah. Your whole point was you designed this thing to be a perfect I, system. I Why think, are you... Anyway, sorry. I think the makers of this movie should but, have spent some time in the sanctuary. <laughs> kind of just working painting. it all out. <laughs> and like kind of prison gives you time to kind of like create movie prison. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like, but again, you can tell that's, that's something that like from the Dark Knight Rises where he's like, and hope will poison them. They'll, oh, sorry, hold on. <laughs> hope will poison them. <laughs> <laughs> They'll turn on each other like sailors turning desperately to seawater out of thirst. And you can tell that like what they're doing with Kimball is just a lame version of that. It's like hope, something about hope, human condition, yeah. existential statement. And it's like the dude runs a prison <laughs> with robots. That's enough. He doesn't need to give a speech about hope in inverted commas. It just, it, yeah, it's so badly, badly it's just Badly lazy, yeah. and the, it's great that it ends with like Sylvester Stallone pretty much <laughs> turning to camera and saying, "We're getting pretty sick of this. Ladies. We've had enough." <laughs> and he's <told> probably saying, <laughs> "The producers are like, Becca, we got to.' All right, fine, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay." But I, I think that on the one hand, it's like, yeah, so are we we're watching this, and yeah. we feel the same way. But then you you know that he's teeing it up for the third. Of course he is. It would be embarrassing if they didn't do a third one. (laughs) The the way they so 
You know that you know the third one is shot in and because I don't know if it's gonna make the bottom one hundred, I'm gonna mention this now. The third escape plan was shot in the same prison as the Shawshank Redemption. Which oh, is really kind of, yeah, wow. I know, amazing. Wow. So hey, we may get to revisit that on this podcast, or we may not. Okay. But yeah, um apparently they were shot relatively close together as well. I Different directors. If you've seen the Shawshank Redemption, it's not necessary <laughs> to, to see Is it um, ever necessary to <laughs> see a screenplay? Um, that you get the gist of it, yeah. The basic gist of it. And do we know how much Escape Plan 3 costs? I don't have the figures to hand, unfortunately. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, it's it's just, it's it's awful. And it's <laughs> so invested in this weird kind of... Again, you want to talk about Chechnya, actually. Let's talk about Chechnya. Why, why do you think it opens in Chechnya? Because you said, you Andrew drew sort of a, attention to this, and you were like, you had an idea or a theory on this. Is this tying back to the idea that this is just for unpleasant people? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 and it didn't surprise me that it did, because it, it's... Um... It's very explicitly an Islamic yeah. extremist group where it's like, it will a Westerner killing a Westerner will send a message, I think is yeah. one of the lines of dialogue yeah. in it. Well, like a lot of the um, uh, politics uh, 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 about Russia is about kind of like bullying. Um, and I feel like this, this, this the, so, sorry, I, I, I do beg your pardon, a lot of the international politics. Yeah. Like we, we live in a part of the world where we don't really fear interstate conflict. That's um, fair, yeah. Yeah, but in, 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 in these places they do. Um, and, 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 and it's because there's um, dicks in charge. Uh-huh. Which is very much in keeping with the theme of the of the movie as well. Yeah, yeah, Where, and the the it's it the, when they're rescuing, when they're doing the rescue mission, they're rea- at the start, is it? Yeah, Kurt, like uh, Fifty Cent's reaction is like, "Oh, we lost a hostage. Boss man's going to be pissed." Not the hostage's family. Not, not, <laughs> not, a, not a person died. Yeah, this is going to really affect our end of year figures. Assholes. Yes, I mean. Let's talk about Curtis 50 Cent Jackson because the only... And by the way, he is credited as Curtis Jackson. And there's so many people die in this movie as well. There is... Boss man's not going to be pleased, Andrew. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he, here's the thing. is like Curtis 50 Cent Jackson is one of only two returning actors from the original film, including uh, Stallone. Right. They recast Amy Ryan's character as Jamie King. But what's weird is that, again, and this is a result of it being something that was kind of shot or something that was shot in the way that it was shot where you have certain actors booked for certain days so as to like minimize the cost of bringing them on where you're almost paying them per day to work on the film but like you have this movie's weird idea that you care about an office politics plot involving curtis 50 cent jackson and again like i like no disrespect to him and he's come on a great deal as an actor but i, oh, I keep going i keep going back to uh was it yeah, Donald Clark's description of him Get in Rich Get Die Rich or Die Crying, where 50 Cent was miscast as himself. Miscast as himself. I think he just makes the, you know, it's, it's one, of the, one of the streams of income that, that, that rappers he has. And he's bankrupt, isn't he? He's, like, he was bankrupt. He was, but I think he's well, no he's longer bankrupt. Really, though. Yeah. Like, uh, bankruptcy is kind of, often like yeah. a sort of a protection mechanism against your credit your creditors yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, i mean he's also um he's also in bitcoin as well i believe isn't he well i think what happened with him was that he not that i follow him very often 
But at the time, I was interested to in fact because hold on a second, because he bought uh, some kind of vitamin water. He oh, yeah, vi- had an investment, water. yeah, and he made a hundred million when it was sold. So he made quite a lot of money outside of um, music. And I think what he did as well is he did the Forty Eight Laws. I think with Robert Greene, and then he also invested in headphones. Because he saw... Um, He's another person in Spy, isn't he? Uh, yes, yes, he is. He plays himself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he actually does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so basically, I think what happened was that he... he uh, so the company went down, because obviously Dr. Beats, you know, the Beats headphones, or Dr. Dre did very did very well. So he then um, took a percentage of a, a headphone company and tried to go ahead with that. And then it all went horribly wrong. It didn't sell very well. And I think there was some kind of, he lost money or they sued him or this kind of thing. And then so he declared bankruptcy. But at a later point, he got all his money back because he won the court cases. So he's no longer bankrupt. Having just done a quick Google in the background on this, uh, 50 Cent actually, and again, this is one of those rags to riches, but is it really rags stories, where he accepted a Bitcoin payment for his 2014 album Animal Ambition. It was reported in January that this had earned him nearly $8 million uh, in Bitcoin, uh, in the equivalent of Bitcoin. Uh, But he spent February 2018 insisting that he had completely forgotten about it and that it did not affect his bankruptcy appeal, uh, which is, again, a wonderfully cynical move. Yeah, I I, I think that the other thing as well as at the time when he declared bankruptcy, um, he had posted some video of an ex-girlfriend or something uh, and then she he got sued and she won four million and then all of a sudden he declared bankruptcy so yeah. he couldn't pay her as you point out defense of bankruptcy so that could have been one of the reasons that led to that bankruptcy i don't know but uh, he, here though like again the film and again andrew maybe you're right about the intended audience being assholes but even then i feel like the movie misreads or, or kind of misunderstands what its audience wants where it's like, we're going to give you a plot where maybe 50 Cent is a mole. That Like, the film seems to hint at that a little bit with the stuff with Jamie King. But who cares? That's it exactly. Yeah. Well, like, exactly. All, all of his delivery doesn't really, yeah. like, his, he, he his gets delivery a lot of, is bad. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, what's it? Where is, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find out where Hades is. I don't know. The underworld. I don't know. <laughs> and, and then, like, apparently, his his delivery of That's "I don't know" the underworld is so strong that Breslin has to like excuse everybody else from the meeting and call him up on his sass. And it's like, how? What? What? What is? That? How do you yeah. know that this guy is like having it's an like, emotional reaction to you? Hey, you need to calm down. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I just get so excited. Line. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but we laugh at that. But Mile Twenty Two, the Mark Wahlberg movie. Mark, oh, yeah, he's what a small world we live in. Yeah, we may have already discussed Mile Twenty Two. So know. he's built a career on just talking really quietly in his films. You never see him shouting that often. You never see him going crazy. His whole delivery is very quiet. You know, ah, and, it's Mark no, Wahlberg can shout, and it's, it, it, and it's modulated. It's not just it being quiet. Yeah, it's it's, just, a, it's it having no sort of intensity or or like weight or like, it's just, yeah. like, I feel like a lot of people here just didn't care like, no I, feel, I, I don't think they did I think like he, he was another one who was because I think he what had happened with Stallone and puts him in an office yeah I think it's just that he wanted to play a computer expert 
<laughs> to and showcase his range. Yeah, I, I think so. He's not, so because he's not the criminal, you know, the, yeah. the criminal, he's, yeah. he's not the big muscular guy. He he's, doesn't crack he's any a computer, neck either. Computer expert. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing is that There's like a lot again, of use of neck cracking, um, like I, sound effects. There are people having a fight. There is like. Uh, there, there, There's a moment where like uh, Shu needs to get into the sanctuary, yeah. and he actually I need to grabs get into the sanctuary. So I need to beat you in a fight. And what you hear is him cracking uh, <laughs> Jesse Metcalf's neck, not not choking him unconscious, breaking his neck <laughs> <laughs> to win the fight. Then you see him in the next scene. He's like, "Hey, no hard feelings." Yeah. Then like in the fight between. Uh, between what's his name Kimbro and and Stallone oh it's Stallone yeah it's like um, Kimbro I feel like he breaks Stallone's neck and then Stallone kind of reverses it and (laughs) breaks his neck but breaks it like four times (laughs) more thoroughly yeah I mean that's the thing like what you have repeatedly in the film is you have sequences with actors who are very good at martial arts but paired with other actors who are not as good with martial arts which is strange because it seems like the fight that you oh, should yeah. probably be watching is you should probably have Shu taking on, like, uh, you know, Kimbro. Well, because they look like they're both, like, relatively nimble guys who could move and give you, like, nice sweeping long Salone takes. Fight but I have Salone fight. <laughs> have Salone fight tight as well, either, yes. Yeah. Um, but, and, and that way then you can do them, you can shoot them like a martial arts film but as think, opposed to having to cut them. Yeah, I think he... I'm not sure I read some of that. He was he basically wanted to include a lot of MMA fighters. Yeah. And Tyron Woodley, the um, he the, is a small the, role. As well. Yeah, he's the uh, well. It was big enough. Like he had lines and stuff. He had, and 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 like a kind of an important role. He he was the former uh, UFC kind of welterweight champion. Right. He 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 plays a uh, a character. Um, I have it written down here. Actually, it's um, Akala. Uh, oddly enough, he he's 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 playing with a with a sort of like an African um, accent. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. he's yeah, he's American. Yeah. Um but yeah he, Oh he's the prisoner who has the gun in the um in the in the sort of uh in the infirmary at the end because obviously you can't he, leave the yeah, nerds alone. He gets his neck neck uh, slit open <laughs> as well. Yeah. Oh, the, the, to prove that Billy Joel, I'm sorry Titus Welliver, <laughs> is uh, is a badass. Yeah, but like in, in, in Watch him watch him use his knife skills on an <laughs> unconscious man. Now, wow, Shu is definitely in trouble now. He shot the, the the two the two kind of friends of Count Chocolate got got, got shot. <laughs> Count Zero. In, yes. Yeah, I was looking at Count Zero and I was thinking that's not Mark Rylance. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not it very so, hard so degrading. Um, yeah, for Mark Rylance, if he was playing um, Count Zero are, in this movie, are the three Icelandic hackers telepathic? Because they seem to stand and have conversations just by looking at each other. Yes, they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because cool. <laughs> they're, yeah, that's how nerds work. Yeah. This is a movie as well about smart people that's not made by smart people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like the, uh, the thing at the end, one of the last things that uh, that Stallone says in this, like bef- bef- um, he said, be- before he says, we're getting sick of it. Um, he says, with, uh, with, with brains and patience, nothing is impossible. This is like kind of a stupid kind of thrown together movie. I I know I'm being a bit harsh on it. You're not I, being a bit I harsh. I genuinely feel that this was like. I, I think terrible. that yeah. I think it probably 
they thought that it was going to be an interesting concept because the first one made. They had them playing goal. And one thought, point, they have Batista playing with like a Rubik's cube. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I and Bug the Hacker. By the way, was Bug the Hacker meant to be anybody? Because the camera sort of zooms in on his face as if you're meant to recognize him. I know he's not from the first film, but is he like a fighter, an MMA person, or something? Because the camera sort of has this big moment of revelation, and then he's never mentioned again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I've no idea who he is. Oh, no, but you were saying. Sorry, I cut you off. I. I Interrupted you. Apologize. I don't know what I was going to say. Well, it's the only oh, thing I would say is that a stupid movie. Yeah. Well, I think all it is is that um, from the very first one onto this one, Dave Bautista is more of. A, I, I saw him. At, we saw him last week. Hey, Stuber. Stuber. Yeah, that oh, was really good. Yeah. really good. So now he's become um, a bona fide movie star in the sense that outside of Guardians of the Galaxy, whereas I think. At the beginning of when he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, and that was a surprise hit, although probably the amount of money they pumped into it, they probably expected it to do quite well. And I think he's become a movie star action hero outside of that now. So I think Escape Plan Two was a couple of years, Escape Plan was a couple of years ago. So now he's able to open a movie on his own. I think so. That's kind of, and I think initially it's good to be in the company of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, you know, and I think with Curtis Jackson it was the same. It's good to be in the in a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know Sly Stallone. So well, we talked about this before. We're big Batista fans, actually. He's because again, he's he's a, he, he's fantastic in twenty forty nine. Yeah, Blade the Blade Runner movie, yeah. and he's going to be in in Villeneuve's Dune as well and stuff like that. And he, again, he's he's actually he hired an acting coach and stuff like that when he began acting as he well to perform the craft. He does, yeah. To 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 get where where he got in kind of world wrestling entertainment, like it does take like a lot of uh, uh, discipline yeah. and. And you know, uh, yeah, commitment is. is I didn't know he was a wrestler, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, yeah, really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know. But it, and when you talk about this being a a dumb movie that thinks it's smart, or a, a dumb person's idea of a smart movie, or a smart movie made by dumb people, that monologue that's the lone again it's full of monologues that's that's one of the big hints it's full of monologues that are not about anything that the movie's actually about it's just full of monologues for the sake of being full of monologues but that moment Three where things you need to get out of a to yeah. get out of a prison one is a key <laughs> and, uh, two thing, is a guard to walk you out something for turning off the lights so they can't see you when you're going out <laughs> but I mean, also the, turn off the security cameras maybe do that first um, but uh, it's get the, one of those uh, um, get, get your clothing from your bed tie it together they've <laughs> got a rope <laughs> uh, but it's, it's the bit where he has the big monologue at Kimbro I love that we're calling him Kimbro at the climax of the film where it's revealed that the entire plot of Escape Plan 2 was actually... And again, this is, this is hilarious because... You're, uh, this is this, the Ubers thing, is it? This is the Ubers thing, but this is the, this is the thing where you can tell that this was made by Chinese money instead of American money, because if it was made by American money, it would be chess and not Go they'd be playing. Yeah. Because Stallone would be like, you, you had your eye on my pawn. Well, you should have been watching The Queen. Because uh, like, <laughs> he has this big speech about how uh, I've been looking for this place a long time. I would have found it, but it's a lot tougher breaking in from the outside. But I knew that wasn't going to happen, because I know you. I know how you think. And I knew you'd be coming from me, and you did. And I'm glad, because I like working, as you can see, from the inside out. Hades has won very, very, very 
weak spot, dramatic pause, lingering camera shot. Kimball's mind is racing, trying to figure out what the one what weakness... What could it possibly be? <laughs> what is this speech building towards the revelation of the weakness of this, given that it's entirely dependent on his understanding <laughs> of me as a person? The silence lingers in the air. Neon lights flash on sweaty flesh. <laughs> you, Stallone states. Yeah, they, because it's, it's for, like, the people... I guess who the movie's aimed at feel like they're like, oh, I, I got it. I kind of figured that out. It's wow. amazing. Oh uh, yeah. Um. Uh. The the there is the the twist that that Kimbrough was one of the bad guys. Yeah, the bit where he's sitting in the chair. Well, he leaves the company as a bad guy, and you know it's like, he's oh, he's possible. gonna come back at you. Yeah. And then they need him in prison, and it's like. Oh, good, I've got one of my friends here. I'm going to tell him absolutely everything. It's like, yeah, the prison guards can't figure out which one of them is Count Zero. That's Count Zero. That's <laughs> yeah. Count, there he is. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how, like, Shu is so dumb that even after he's like, but I didn't tell anybody who Count Zero was. How did they know who Count Zero was? Kimball, help me out here. How did they figure out that that guy was Count Zero? And Kimball is just sitting there in his chair waiting for the moment to land. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I'm surprised it's, it, the film cost $20 million, but obviously... <laughs> neon lights are very expensive. They, con- they had to pay the actors. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. I, th- I should imagine he took a lot of that budget. So I then. should hope so. <laughs> that, that 50 cents... Um, I don't think Fifty Cent would Stallone, and especially Batista. Batista probably got very generous because yeah, because he seems to be, as you say, not doing an awful lot, like sitting in coffee shops or (laughs) (laughs) attending in Tina Mazel's concerts, Starbucks, trying to like hack some. Yeah, (laughs) like you shouldn't be connected to the cafe Wi-Fi unless you're buying a coffee. I've got a day off from Guardians of the Galaxy and the, I'll just do this shoot this movie on the, the side and probably get a couple And it's of completely useless. You could cut most of those scenes except you'd lose all your Dave Batista material. Yeah, That's the only there's, reason there in the film. I, and then there's the, like even the bit where it's like Luke is like, again, the choices, they're so simple and they're so stupid repeatedly. But the moment after Shu has been kidnapped, like how they show the team reacting to the fact that like Shu, who is the protagonist of the film, has been kidnapped and they can't reach him. He's been out of contact for like, you know, 24 hours. Is the bit where Fiddy Cent rings up um, Luke, who's jogging. And he's just jogging like it's a regular morning. It's like, just jogging, having a regular day. And the way that you play that scene is you have Curtis Jackson explain to him, oh, by the way, Shu's been kidnapped. And Luke goes, what? I didn't know that. I'm coming straight to the office. But instead the scene plays like, oh yeah, Shu's been kidnapped. Nobody's heard from him. I've been ringing around. I'm very worried but I made time to go out jogging and I've clearly not updated you before I went out jogging. It's really terrible. It's like, how do you film these scenes? Like, like, yeah, the, yeah, he was, he was taken in, um, in Bangkok. So obviously there's no security tapes or anything. No witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've done my work. I'm going out for a run. I'll see you later. (laughs) Seriously. We really tried to find out more. To, to see what 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 happened, but uh, we've we've no leads whatsoever. And and Ray wasn't willing to sign off on my overtime, so I will see you at eight <laughs> thirty. Yeah, um, it's yeah. like you're sure you you followed this up. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like you followed this up. No. The... Yeah. 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 Um, sorry, a lot of again. I've seen this movie twice, 
Um, and it's not a good movie. No. It's excruciatingly <laughs> awful. I do like the um, the weird... Again, this is maybe something where it's a Chinese co-production. Where it filters... And again, we talked about this in podcast before, but the obsession with family mm-hmm. in modern American cinema. You know, like the Fast Furious. It's about family. But even Dave Bautista's like, Guardians <laughs> Galaxy is an unlikely yeah. movie about family. Where here you have a weird kind of like... Almost They're communist really to each other. Yeah, yeah, but you have like a communist iteration of that, where it's not really about family, but it's about colleagues and about comrades and about people you work with. I, you don't have any emotional attachment, to, which is again really ironic because, as you point out, the movie's supposed to be about how systems are inhumane and how you get by them by using your humanity. It's, it's about teamwork. Yeah, because that's from the beginning, basically the. Uh, villain is fire because uh, instead of uh, working with his team he was working on his own with the algorithm yeah. and so basically the message is that uh, um, you should work with your team and you should uh, trust your team and not uh, whatever else uh, you think is better except for Philly Sen who goes off on <laughs> yeah. his own and works on this like communication <laughs> thing with Sylvester Stallone's teeth <laughs> and what if what if Sylvester Stallone's character is just having a psychotic episode, <laughs> yeah. and it's just hearing like you know the way that Shu hears Sylvester Stallone's voice in his head. What if Sylvester Stallone's my, voice in his head? My teeth were transmitting <laughs> messages to me, so I removed them to make the voices. Stop. I absolutely love how yeah. the movie glosses over that because the movie glosses over so much material. But where it's like. Huh, I bet you're glad I spend a lot of time in my workshop now. And part of me is wondering, like, dentistry? That's what you do in your workshop? It, it is, though, kind of like the... the... <laughs> and I love that we don't know the name of the characters, so we're just calling him Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. But they walk in on Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, like, vivisecting a body. And it's like, oh, don't worry, this will be useful later on. Yeah, yeah, I need to know <laughs> how teeth work. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do I put them? The, the, the um... And yeah, you're. I think you're dead on. But the thing about teamwork, Giovanna, the thing you were saying about like uh, your colleagues, Darren, because they it has this thing about like, um, oh, he's already given them BBCCJ. <laughs> Whatever he does, he can't give them BBCCK. I don't care. Uh, but but he's just like, why did you give him BBCCJ for? Why did you give him BBCCJ? You shouldn't have done that. And he's like, it's okay. I didn't give them BBCCK. <laughs> And it's like, well, that's good because that's like an important project. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, it's not that you're alive that matters. It's that <laughs> the project is, has not been direct. I love that, again, somebody obviously watched the Star Wars movies and was like, tax law is pretty great, but we need patent law in our... Because, yeah. I mean, like, even the zookeeper is it's like... Your uh, it's your patent. It's your Tell precious patent. Well, it's very technical. <laughs> So I have to go through it in parts. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to do any blueprints? There were never any blueprints there. But you're right. I, I think Giovanna's right, though, because you have this big discussion of Go. And it's not about chess, because like chess is the standard like yeah, smart yeah. people movie game. Yeah. Where it's like you want to show... Some, and we talked about this before, where they somebody's smart... They Rubik's Cube as well. Though. They do on the desk. But even here, you have things like the Go, where like Stallone... And again, I absolutely love... Again, this is Exposition 101, right? Because according to Shu... Stallone has been playing this for over a year at this point, but he still delivers the line, this game, Go, is very interesting. And it's like, is this the first time this has occurred to you, a year playing this game? But he's like... Can't you just hold up your smartphone and and it'll tell you what the game is? (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, uh, why do you beat me at it? And he's like, you take the board as one. You take my pieces as one. Everything flows as one. 
And it's very much like a kind of a... Again, this this reminds me of, you know, in the 80s when you had like the Chuck Norris movies, like, um, you know, sort of like Delta Force and even like stuff like Iron Eagle, where it was like, it was very much like marketing American patriotic values and gung-ho sort of stuff and selling the American ideal in terms of international intervention and stuff like that. These movies... I wonder, and again, I'm not an expert in Chinese culture, so I'm wary of generalizing too much, but I wonder if they're designed to do something similar for, like, China's image and stuff like that, where this is, like, selling the idea of, like, China's worldview to a certain extent, because there's a lot of emphasis on the idea of surrendering the self to the communal, you know, the idea of giving up yourself and not being arrogant or egotistical, and as you pointed out, not you versus individuals. create good art in an oppressive culture. Oh, no, I'm not... yeah. This is not good art. No, yeah, like, it isn't. But the, that's, the, that's the kind of flaw in their sort of um, yeah, I mean, project. This, this, I, as we say, you know... Am I reading too much into this? Well, yeah. Because <laughs> I think, it, you know, it was obviously something that I thought, right, we've got 20 days, mm. 20 million. I'm, I'm guessing that Stallone probably got a lot of that money. And because the first one made 137 million. Yeah. And that was the two main characters, the two main stars. Well, that's it, Stallone and, they, and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and so, and, uh, so they brought one back and, you know, they probably paid him a handsome fee. I imagine, And yeah. uh, the rest, because the rest of the film doesn't doesn't look like it's got a budget that would, you know... Yeah, it's a lot of... As, as there's a lot, of inter- a lot of interiors. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. The, the big set design of the prison is just a round sphere with, uh, like, texture on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And neon so, lighting. That's why I, I think that... So I think they probably put it together really quickly and he just thought, well, there's going to be a third one coming along. I'll just do the second one. Because it's a way of, he probably got paid, you know, even if he got five million, you know. That That's was, probably as much as he made on Creed 2 to pick an example. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Creed 2, he probably got a percentage. Oh, okay. And oh, I, I suppose as, as the creator of Rocky and stuff like that. so much about money. <laughs> How do you think he put it in? Like maybe about like 30% bonds. <laughs> yeah. Bank accounts, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, With like a um, kind of, if we look at it, like imagine his portfolio, I'd say I might get like 5, 6, maybe 7%. <laughs> well, you see, the, the, the thing is like, the, 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 when you think about it, he's been a star since the 70s. Yeah. And you don't, and he's seventy three now, and he'll still open a major film like Creed. So you know, I mean, and Last Blood will probably get a, a cinema release. Last Blood will so, get a cinema release. To be fair to it, you know. But I mean, and his Expendables probably has release, finally so. enough money to live forever. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, he's not gonna like, you know. I, I, so I think that these kind of small projects are probably like, he probably spent less than a couple of days on like. Out of 20 days, it'd be surprising if he was on set for more than three, you know. Um, so, yeah. And that'd be a good good amount of money, really, per day, if you think about it. Yeah, if you break it down, like, buying out. I just thought of another stupid line. It's like, <laughs> um, they're, it was something like, they're into more Fortune 500 companies than you could name. And it's like, oh, so, like, so, like, all of them? I can't name all of them. <laughs> um, How many can you name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more than you could name, son. And it's like, oh, it's, there's, like, a finite amount that there can be. So, um... 499. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, could, they couldn't get into the Burger King. But, no, I mean, this is the thing with... Sorry, I don't... Sorry. Uh, but, uh, and again, to bring it back to that China thing, the Yu Sheng, the portrayal of Yu Sheng... Where Yusheng is like kind, of, the movie looks down at him and sneers at him, and I wonder if this is the nerd thing that you mentioned. Yeah, and part of it's because he's sort of westernized. Um, he says like you never stood for anything. Yeah, 
was like, well, what do you, what do you stand for? You work for a security company. <laughs> yeah. like, Breaking out of prison. That's yeah. what you stand for. Uh, what is your philosophy here? But even things. I mean, like, not that there's anything wrong with that, no, but it's not like he's. You get to look down your nose. Peace Corps <laughs> yeah, you don't get to look down your nose yeah. at the guy who's like working on communication satellites. It's like I just bring people closer together. It's I, like I, yeah, but you don't break out of prisons, man. The way he pushes him aside to speak to his sister as well. Yeah. It's like I, uh, um, I've been more looking forward to speaking to you. And it's, it's like, what, like, is it really necessary to... And For, the, the, way, the way, like, he's carrying him drunk and then just, like, throws yeah, him on the ground. I love that. Where they're, like, getting... But also, I love, I love that the sequence, like, has, like, a martial arts fight in it because, obviously, you have to have a martial arts fight in it. Way, and then the guy appears with the gun and just tasers him. And it's like, next time, lead with that, maybe. Yeah, the, the, there's a moment where they're saying to Jesse Metcalf, where it's really a bad editing or bad direction where they make it kind of like linger. Where these guys who kill people all the time run up the corridor where he's he's boxed into the corner. And they're just like, put it down. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Do it, do it, do it. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. It goes on forever. <laughs> and, and it's like they're waiting for Batista to arrive, <laughs> yeah. or for him to make conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, even even that is the, like again the sequence where they don't squat. shoot him. He knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the se- the sequence where they're raiding the Breslin headquarters in uh, Atlanta, which is great, by the way. I love that it's like, well, don't worry, this is on my commute home anyway from my secret box prison. Yeah. Um, but where they raid it, and no. they apparently like, you no, get like, like raid, 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 yeah. raid, raid. But like, <laughs> but you get like Jamie. King kicks one in the face and again like Curtis 50 Cent Jackson isn't a martial arts master so he just gets to choke some people in really awkwardly edited and cut together scenes because you can't do long takes somehow got out of there that's it exactly that's yeah. what got because you it's have like they all come in and he's like hiya <laughs> and then they leave <laughs> yeah but that's what they is like yeah they Rocky come, upstairs yeah they overpower Breslin they taser him and it's like what about the other two oh don't worry it wasn't part of the plan yeah. for them to <laughs> to actually be there yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing I would say there, though, for a security company, it's very easy to walk through the door, isn't it? Yeah, they don't seem to be very secure, ironically enough. They're just sitting there with a, you know, and then like 50 men with, you know, kind of flak jackets and helmets walk through the door. You'd think they'd be able to spot that a bit quicker. Maybe have some sort of preparation in place. But that's the thing, Babu. They meant to be captured. That was the plan, and he also yeah. apparently knew that they wouldn't take Jamie King. You don't simply walk into Breslin's. <laughs> this one sounds like a like a Beckham Bakery or something. It really does. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a security company that I would trust. <laughs> really, yeah. your boss keeps getting kidnapped no, I, and I, taken I want away. My to security Black company. <laughs> I want my security company to sound shady. Is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, like again, and the fact that like Breslin, Breslin's so proud of his scheme where he's like, I caught you, Kimbro. You walked right into my plan. And you're waiting for the moment where Kimbro's like, no, actually, I had them arrest Jamie King and Curtis Jackson as well. He's like, oh, well, okay. That she's was nice. in the ladies' prison. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have to keep them separate. The, 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 uh, the supervisory body, not a big fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but we still have a sanctuary in it because that's very important. <laughs> Why does the sanctuary exist? We felt it was important to give them um, hope, sunshine. We spent more money on the sanctuary <laughs> than on any other set. Um, by the way, that thing where the, they have the monologue about the, the 
the nerds, the um, the Icelandic sort of like weird. They hate. Yeah, the, pro- like, the Prometheus, they, the, the they, aliens from Prometheus, basically, is what they are. Um, all but they, they ever do is help people. Yeah. And don't fight people and don't beat them up. There's this weird bit where he's like, he explains that they never get any sanctuary time. Yeah. And it, it's weird because like, then he's like, she was like, I can get you some sanctuary time. And what he does is he has them fight, but he has the other guys just sort of fall down defeated. And you're like... I think they fell down defeated because they had eaten uh, donuts. <laughs> they had had like kind of... The, 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 the GI, the kind of glycemic index. They, 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 like... they had a spike <laughs> yeah. just before the fight. And then they, yeah, but they, like, they I mean, crashed. To the warden watching that, like Did to the he... zookeeper, if he's even half doing his job, yeah. surely he's like, okay, no sanctuary time for you guys. Would you be half doing your job if you had Galileo <laughs> in charge? That's a fair point. Again, I love the westernness. I love how incredibly western and decadent it all is. It's a tech company based in Geneva. The computer running it is called Galileo. Um, and the, uh, the, the site itself is called Hades. Just in case you don't get that all the bad things in this movie <laughs> happen to be drawn from, like, Euro-American sort of culture. Well, it is an American-based film, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like... I know, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Again, this is very do, similar to what happened they do in the hate 80s. Bangkok. I mean, they're basically selling it as yeah. an American movie, yeah. isn't, aren't they? They, so, they do yeah. push Bangkok as, like, the worst place ever. <laughs> no security cameras anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, like, they introduce it, and they have, like, a kind of a, a, a this... Uh, a woman who's like an extra sort of like gyrating and like rubbing up against somebody and then they have like a a, a neon sign that says oh sex shop or like <laughs> yeah it's been corrupted by sex emporium yeah. <laughs> but yeah it, it's oh and also the bit where they cut to the icelandic sort of to the again the engineers for prometheus and they're like neo-nazis question mark no computer programmers which is a line that has probably aged better than it should have. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a very strange choice. Also, the, for the fact that those three are apparently like the guys who are bullied in the prison, they're pretty ripped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, the big yeah. guy looks like he could take you. Yeah. They don't. Ha- yeah, because they don't have any exercise equipment or anything. They yeah. get all their exercise from fighting, which is encouraged, I yeah. guess. Except for these guys who have never won a fight, apparently. Yeah. It, okay. Anyway, probably, yeah, probably yeah. best not to think too much about it. But anyway, what about you guys? Is there anything else you want to talk about with them? Anything we haven't discussed already? Anything that jumps out? No. I, uh, Is this the worst Sylvester Stallone movie you've ever seen, actually? I don't know. Um, well, Stop, I'll Shoot Your Mum was probably not so good. And then he probably made a couple of others that were Cobra wasn't exactly brilliant yeah. Stop or I'll uh, Shoot Your Mum was the sequel <laughs> yeah to Stop or My Mum Will Shoot hey, <laughs> Stop or I'll Shoot Your Mum sounds amazing Shoot Your Mum Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as the villain who kidnaps Sylvester Stallone's mother um, no I I, I I think the thing is that the, what we've been talking for like an hour and a half now and, <laughs> yeah. and the Does film wasn't it? that it didn't deserve yeah. no, that long no, in Expose it was but now that we've put everyone to sleep yeah. <laughs> podcasting you fall asleep too. Uh, yeah I think he's just you know he's uh, yeah he's coming towards I think he's finishing off all his franchises now I think the Expendables is finished I think um, the Rocky sagas have finished and he's handed that over Last Blood will be out this summer and then so that or late summer. So that will be another one of the franchises finished. So 
and then when this one's come, so he's done a lot of these franchise, these kind of three picture, yeah, motion, sets. Di- yeah, you know. So yeah. he's he's he, well, he's created characters. Well, but I mean, is anything going to care about Roy Breslin or Ray? No, Breslin? I don't think that will. It's one of these these ones that I think that um, do that though. There are yeah. some like he's made all kind. Over his career, he's made iconic characters. Yeah, you know the Rambo, Rocky, Rocky Rambo, Rocky are the big two. Yeah, those are the t- the two big ones. So and and those lasted over. My, uh, Rocky was six films, was it something like that? Um, five. Or it six was films. it was six films. The proper franchise and two more on on the greed franchise. Yeah, so that's quite. And then Eric Rambo Copland, was fairly Steve Cobra. Fairly. <laughs> So uh, he has, you know, he's made his name in John Demolition Man. In, in kind of like, yeah, he's, he's made his name. Whereas if you look at someone like so Den- Tango. Uh, like Denzel Washington, he in his long career, he's only actually ever made one sequel, and that was an awful Equalizer, Equalizer, Equalizer two, two, yeah, uh, which was terrible, even you know? more equalized. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, so you can kind of see, like he, you know, so. I think he's seventy three now. I think that he's not going to make too many more movies. I don't think you know of of mainstream huge hits. You know, I don't think so. Um, you never know; he might retire. So. Can I? No, I don't think so. <laughs> he's Sylvester Stallone, the Italian stallion. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, there, there comes a point when you're too old for action movies, and maybe he hasn't. But. Uh, who knows? He might get a Netflix deal, and off he goes to make another couple. Well, of you know that um, Schwarzenegger is apparently, and again, I haven't heard much about this project in the past two years, but he wanted to play Conan the Barbarian again, King Conan. Ah, right. Okay. So you say you're too old. I mean, he's starring. Schwarzenegger is also starring in the next Terminator film as well. Yeah. Was it with Cameron directing? Was no, it? Cameron's not directing. He's producing, but it's producing. directed by Tim Miller, who did the Deadpool movies, and it's an official sequel to the second uh, Terminator movie. Right. So they're completely skipping everything that's happened since, which is probably a good call. Yeah, uh, but yeah. still interesting. They're bringing back uh, Edward Furlong of all people, right? Um, and they're he's looking al- healthier now. He is, um, and they're also bringing back Linda Hamilton as well. Yeah, I think that's in a trailer actually. Yeah, they they released one for um, Comic Con, uh, right. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? But I I think that that again will be, you know, it depends on how much screen time he's he's in it for. Because mm. I get the impression that there's another Terminator that's going to be the focus of the film, and then Linda Hamilton seems to, you know, knock on a door and an aging Schwarzenegger answers it. So I don't know how big a part he'll actually have in that, you know. Um, so who knows? All right. Um, I do want to say the martial arts in this movie was actually okay. And uh, I thought uh, Huang Huang Zhou Zhou Ming was yeah yeah there were there were problems even even around that like the, the that the the um or like the sound effects were kind of weird. Crack. Like for, for yeah. no, no. I need to get to the sanctuary. I need a coke. Snap. Yeah. Is he, <laughs> is he known He's in China? Or is he is he well known? Is he you know? He's a. I was thinking he must be like a martial arts uh, star. He's a pop star. He, right. he, he, um, it has a, like, like, obviously he's known, um, for the last kind of, uh, by the way, how, how old do you think, um, uh, Huang, uh, Zhao Ming is? 
Hey, it looks young, but... Uh, I suspect the answer is going to be like 40? Uh, 42, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think that, but the no, fact you asked the question... I yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, would have said, like, I would have said 27. He's either going to be 12 or 42. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the answer is never going to be 27 or 30, yeah, yeah, 31. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's um, uh, he had yeah he had some kind of um, uh, impressive scenes in terms of uh, martial arts anyway. But you know, like it, uh, his 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 delivery was terrible. Yeah. I mean, again, a lot of a lot of people's delivery were, and I think yeah, I think the way that the fight scenes were orchestrated and shot was pretty awful. I think it's telling. It's disappointing that you didn't get martial arts scenes between people who could actually do. Martial arts. He typically well, like, had like one uh, balancing. Tyron Woodley and kind of. Well, he didn't actually yeah. do that much though. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, you you have these martial arts people who are in movies. Like like um, who was it? George Saint Pierre was in um, was it Captain America: The Winter Soldier? Oh, okay. Like the guy he fights in the boat. But oh yes, yes, as as Beltruck the Libra, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like playing a kind of a a um an, a kind of a known character from yeah. the comic books. So yeah, but uh, I I don't know if mixed martial artists are the best people to have in a martial arts movie either. I I think I don't know. It's interesting actually because you know when you one of the uh, Star Wars movies. There was a um, Hong Kong actor, really famous Hong Kong actor. Oh yeah, he was Pretty, in. Oh, he, Donnie Donnie Yen was in. Was yeah, it Donnie, Donnie, Donnie Yen. Yang is it? He's was in Ip Man uh, as well. Yeah, yeah that's. But the he, was in, Yip, he was in. He was in Rogue One. Yes, Yip Man. He was remember the. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So yes he, now I remember. But he's a huge star. Yeah. In China, uh, and he's an established actor for many years now. He doesn't make too many Western movies, partly because now the amount of money that he like he makes millions of dollars, yeah, um, uh, purely appealing to the Chinese market. Yeah, so you know they they don't really need to go into into kind of they don't need to break west. So yeah, to speak. yeah, yeah. Like, because uh, you know, but even Jackie Chan seems to be making an awful lot of movies back in China, you know, what? so um, or Hong Kong. So I think it's it's it's, it's different. There's the, the chap that was in the raid. Yes, we saw him the other day. He's in, in Stuber. In Stuber, and he's very uh, good. Tony Jaa as well from, or is, is that his name from from Tony ja, Ong, Yeah, he hasn't done so well, really. Not I mean, really, I, no. I saw him the first, original Ongback was a good 12, 15 he years was ago. Quite a while ago, yeah. And he hasn't kind of like broken the, but he was superb in Ongback. So good, yeah. yeah. But, I um, like the John Wick movies have like Keanu Reeves fighting common. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they and look great, yeah, and it's do. an incredible kind of martial arts sequence. I, I think with though, like a rapper and an actor. But again, um, like I imagine that Keanu Reeves' commitment is a bit more than, and I love Titus Welliver slash Billy Joel, but I mean, still, I suspect that Keanu Reeves' commitment. Yeah, I think to he's trained a lot. Is probably yeah, for a lot because he he's so even much work. Yeah, yeah. he loves it. Yeah, and he, I think he's he's done a lot of those kind of movies in the yeah. past, so he's had a long history of, of martial arts, he, and he's even directed, if I remember correctly. Did he direct or... He did Man of Tai Chi. Yeah. Yeah. And then he did the one with... 47 Ronin, was it? No, he didn't direct that, but he started. You know, I said, uh, A, remember the one with him? He, he directed one of the movies It was set in in China. Okay. I thought Man of Tai Chi was, was the one that he directed, I think. Right. Anyway, okay. anyway sorry. So, um, 
But yeah, so I think, I think that about wraps it up in terms of talking about Escape Plan 2, unless there's anything else that we want to talk about. I think we've spent too much time talking and about what, Escape When Plan we 2. say anything else you want to talk about, it doesn't have to have anything to do <laughs> with, with Escape Plan 2. No, um, I, I think just as Sylvester Stallone said, we're sick of this. <laughs> yeah, we're wrap it up, man. Wrap it up, Darren. Yeah. We'll call it a day. He's like, I don't know who you are. And I was talking longer than the movies. Is. <laughs> Hades is in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where you get all the prison breaks for movie making and prison building, apparently. Um, but yeah, just to uh, so just to wrap up, then what we normally do is we ask uh, guests on the podcast to recommend something for listeners. So if you think if you can think of something that you've watched recently or listened to or read or enjoyed, uh, and that you'd like listeners to sort of take a look at, it can be a film, it can be a television show, it can be a book. But even something maybe like a Stallone, a deep cut from the Stallone sort of filmography, or a, a martial arts film or an action film that you think is better than this. Uh, well, I think we saw Stuba with. Um, so if you're looking for a good Dave Bautista style movie, yeah, then he was very good in that. He was also very good in the um, the name escapes me, but I can I can see it's on the tip of my tongue, and he played like a hospital porter. Oh, in Hotel Artemis. Yeah, yeah, he was very good in that. This badge says medical professional that works two ways <laughs> very good yeah. thank you but he was very good in that so i would recommend so if you're gonna watch a comedy type movie um he was very good in that and uh, along with the um uh the, the the second guy who was in the, the big sick yeah, Kumail oh, Nanjiani. Yes. Yeah, yeah so and he's in silicon valley yeah. so he was very good and he was actually the little in Men in Black International, he was indeed. He was the supporting comic relief character. Yeah. Oh, pawnee. was it? No. Was he was it? Pawnee. He was, he's the pawn on the pawn board. Ah, yes, yes. He's ah, a little soldier, right. okay, yeah. Was okay, sorry, my apologies. Got it wrong. Yeah, but he was very good, though. Yeah. So I kind of recommend that. Um, martial arts movies? <sighs> You'd have to say. Um, we saw Chapter 3, John Wick. John Wick. Ah, three. yes, that was very the good. The martial arts in that is very good. Um yeah, I, if you're going to do that, I wouldn't do what I did and watch one, two, and three, uh, kind of one after the other, because by the time you get to the third one, it's... Very samey. Yeah. Whereas if you... Because when we saw it a kind of a couple of weeks later, it was much better. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And Giovanna, if you have anything you recommend, whether it's a lone deep cut or a, an action movie or anything in, in general for listeners... Uh, I think uh, The Dead Don't Die. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. The Tim Jaramusch film. Uh, yes, uh, we're going to see it tomorrow morning. Oh. So we recommended something that we haven't actually seen yet. <laughs> but but they've uh, seen the, the trailer and it looks good. I'm actually quite looking forward to that. I hope to get a chance to see that as well. And Andrew? Yes, um, I suppose we, we mentioned Ongback and um, The Raid. I'd say um, that the Raid and the Raid Two. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch a martial arts movie, two, yeah. Raid yeah. Two is excellent, and the yeah. Watch the raid, the raid two, race three. (laughs) (laughs) It's the perfect trilogy. Yeah, it's funny that we do so many trilogies on these. Where where, like I haven't seen, but the the other install. This one does refer. Wait, have you seen Escape Plan? To Escape Plan? No, I haven't. No, no. you didn't miss much. Um, Um, I think Escape Plan. Aside from that, in terms of uh, Stallone uh, stuff, I recommend uh, Copland Death Race two thousand. That it is a lot of fun. It's where you get the. I don't know how well known this is of an idea, but I remember my 
uh, dad must have seen that they remade it and it didn't look great but uh, Death Race 2000 the kind of 70s one yeah uh, with, 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 with Roger some, Corman uh, yeah. and Carradine, David Carradine yeah, David Carradine yeah. um, where they um, my, like when I was when I was a child and my dad would be driving around and there would be like say like um, <laughs> actually do I wonder like he had seen this movie so it made sense in the context of the movie where he'd say like oh a nun 20 points <laughs> or, or, or like or like kind of when you're uh, driving uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or a woman pushing a pram that's worth 50 points. <laughs> there, there, it's, 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 it's a movie set in some... Post-apocalyptic uh, hellscape. Yeah, this dystopia where, where you have this race across America where you have to kill <laughs> As many people, people as you can with your gain car. points didn't, for it. Didn't Jason Statham... Yes. Yeah, that's in, the remake. He was in the remake. He did. Yeah. Which is odd because it feels like it was made after 2000. It was <laughs> <laughs> speculative science fiction about things that have already happened. Yeah. Um, so, um, and in terms of a movie that's out, uh, um, or that was out, it might be out um, maybe on Video On Demand or something uh, by the time this is released, I'm not sure. But um, in Fabric, it's, um, uh, I, was, I, was, I was telling um, uh, uh, Darren um, a, a, a little bit. Um, this is Peter uh, Strickland's one. It's the following it of Barbarian Sound Studio. Exactly. Um, but it's which I love Barbarian Sound, Sound Studio. I haven't seen in Fabric yet. It's kind of there. There's a word for that type of kind of a, a, a Italian cinema sort of style where it's it's the um it has a very kind of a seventies feel, but it's also in the style of Argento. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where 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 um or it might remind people of the original kind of Suspiria. Yeah, but um, it's it's also very English, so it's kind of um, I it feels in in parts like. Kind of something out of the Mighty Boosh or Garth Marenghi or have you ever seen um, Take a Look Around or uh, by um, or Look Around You? No. Peter Serafinovich had this show okay. where they, they, they'd kind of do like these kind of 70s um, kind of, um, yeah, it would be like the sort of thing you would watch after school that explains how calcium works. Okay, but yeah, I haven't seen it. I'd also recommend that then. Okay, cool. it's, I think some of it's on YouTube. Um, in terms of sort of, and interestingly enough, we talked a little bit about direct-to-video at the start of this. Direct-to-video is arguably where some of the more interesting stuff is happening in terms of like action choreography and action filmmaking at the moment, because obviously the big blockbusters are sucking up most of the oxygen. It's all CGI and computer generated. And that's part of the reason why you end up with John Wick. But a lot of the direct-to-video stuff is doing practical John stunt Wick work. came out of nowhere. It did, yeah. Well, it was a bunch of stuntmen who were tired of feeling redundant. But the thing with... Um, direct video i'd recommend actually the universal soldier sequels the recent ones really both directed by i think it's john hyam i think is the name of the director maybe it's peter hyam so no jean-claude um, van damme no Dolph Lundgren. oh no they're in there oh are they? yeah they're in there um and it's they're basically they're two sequels one of them is called regeneration which is a fairly straightforward like good old-fashioned 80s video nasty film it always and felt he, like body horror as well yeah well because it? it's yeah because you got the transplanting and stuff and, and all that sort of stuff going on as well and then like regeneration is good it's solid it's it's good clean 80s action movie fun with uh Dolph Lundgren and with um what's his, with Van Van Damme. and then you have day of reckoning which stars uh Scott Adkins uh who is a big sort of actor on this circuit and day of reckoning you have to see to believe it is Apocalypse Now, but with Universal Soldier starring Jean-Claude Van Damme as Marlon Brando. 
Wow. If you need a better pitch than that, I don't know what to give you. But I think that about wraps it up. Um, what we'll be back, we'll be back next week. We'll be finally, after weeks and weeks and weeks of teasing it, uh, we'll be launching our cinema of 1999, our summer of 1999 season, uh, with the great Charlene Leiden, who will be talking with us about American History X, which isn't really a 1999 movie, but we're folding it in it's anyway. It's a better prison movie than this. Hey. It was very good, actually. And has actual neo-Nazis in it, not just computer Not programs. computer nerds. Um, <laughs> didn't the director, he didn't like the cuts, so he... Yes. Wanted the, his name off it? We'll or? be talking about Probably that. Talk about about that. that next oh. week. Um, take I look forward to listening to We'll be back. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.